Our scripture reading this morning is taken from the prophet Isaiah. We will read Isaiah 40, verses 1 to 11. The text this morning will be the first two verses of Isaiah 40, uh, but we're going to read verses 1 to 11. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. And that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rougher places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry, and I, sh- and I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift, your, lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not, say to the cities of Judah, behold, your God. Behold, the Lord your God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom, and gently lead those that are with young. As far as the reading of God's word. And again, the focus will be on verses 1 and 2 of Isaiah 40. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, this morning we're continuing our sermon series on uh, Advent and the attributes of God. We're looking at the coming of the Son of God into the world and what it proclaims to us about our God, what it teaches us about our God. This morning, we're focusing on God's forgiving grace We're focusing on that perfection of God through the lens of Isaiah 40, verses 1 and 2. Now, in the passage right before this one, Isaiah 39, Isaiah prophesied about the exile. And God's people certainly would go through a terrible punishment. Judah and Jerusalem endured sorrow after sorrow. And it is what God's people deserved. They deserved the exile. Yet even before the exile occurred, God proclaimed words of comfort to his people through Isaiah. In this passage, God tells his messengers to speak tenderly to Jerusalem. And there are multiple messengers here. 
God wants this message to be repeated. And literally, he says to his messengers, speak to Jerusalem's heart. Cry out, call out, so this message is ringing in her ears. Impress us upon her so that she believes it. What is the message? Comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. It's what the messengers are supposed to do. God has disciplined his people in the exile. But he's not forsaken them. They are still his people. And he's bringing them news to comfort them, to console them. He doesn't want them to be overly grieved, to be overwhelmed with sorrow so that they are without hope. Comfort, comfort, he says. Not just once, but again, for good measure. Israel and Judah may have wondered if they would ever again see the face of God shining upon them. They had suffered so much, they would suffer yet to come. But that was not the end of the story. God commands his prophets call out to her that her warfare is ended. It's always nice to come to the end of a difficult period, isn't it? When you, when you suffer, when you're in the midst of suffering, trials, it can feel like there's just no end in sight. And that can be the hardest part. When you don't know how something is going to end, you might start to lose hope. And God's people may have felt that way here. Now, what is this warfare God is talking about? Well, we don't know exactly. It could be the warfare and strife Judah faced with the exile. Some also translate this as her hard service or her forced labor. But whatever the case may be, God's people went through a difficult, painful trial, and now finally, it was coming to an end. Tell Jerusalem that her sad days are gone. And the Lord says, tell Jerusalem that her sins are pardoned. Her guilt has been removed. And this is perhaps the best thing of all. God's people forgiven. Released from their burden of guilt that plagued them. And finally tell her that she has received double from the Lord's hand for all her sins. This means the time of her punishment has come to an end. God here is like a loving father comforting his son after disciplining him. Yes, it was necessary to discipline Judah and Jerusalem for their sins. Right? Judah and Jerusalem, they had to learn to forsake idols. Just get rid of them. It took God's discipline for them to do that. 
But God did not want them to forget that word of encouragement. God disciplines those whom he loves. He reproves everyone whom he accepts as a son. And so God's people must not lose heart. And this was the good news God sent to Judah in Jerusalem in the Old Testament. And it was all possible because of God's great plan to send his son into the world. And this is what we celebrate at Advent. Here God promises to remove the iniquity of his people. And God is promising this while looking ahead to that time when he will send his son into the world. Right? As God speaks these words, his eyes are on the cross already. He knows he will send his son. His son will suffer and die. Remove the curse from us. Pay the price for our sins so that we could be forgiven freely. And this is a basis for the hope of God's people in the Old Testament already. These promises here proclaimed through Isaiah are founded upon the blood of Christ, which will be shed in years to come. And when God's people received promises like this in the Old Testament through the prophets, they had to look forward in faith. Trust that God would do this by his power, by his saving grace. They had to trust that God would send that Savior. We know He did in His Son, Jesus Christ. And we as believers, after the sending of the Son of God, we look backwards at the cross. Right? Both Old Testament believers, New Testament believers, we fix our eyes on the Christ and the cross. Old Testament believers looked forward in sure hope that God would redeem them. And we look backwards knowing the price has been paid. It's the same hope founded on the same promises of God in Jesus Christ. This is also what we celebrate at the Lord's Supper this morning. We're celebrating God's forgiving grace. Think of what this sacrament pictures for us. Pictures our Savior. His body broken for our sins. His blood shed for our sins. Where would we be without him? In love, God sent his Son into the world to be the propitiation for our sins. That means... A sacrifice that satisfies God's justice against us. This is how Colossians 2, 13 and 14 puts it. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it, to the cross. Nailing it to the cross. Again, look at what your Savior did for you. 
This is why he came into the world. This is what Advent is about. He came into the world to suffer and die for our sins. Again, we see that in the supper this morning. Look at this bread. Look at this wine poured out. Christ came to do this for you. He came into the world to suffer this punishment for us so that we might be saved. And isn't that, isn't that the best thing of all? Isn't that why we celebrate Christmas? Believers are the blood-bought possession of Jesus Christ. Do you know what? That is the most precious thing in the entire world. Isn't that the most, isn't that the, the most, the greatest treasure in the entire world? That we would belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the most precious thing in the entire world, beloved. It is the greatest thing on earth. I don't care what you can think of about this world, what you enjoy, but there's nothing better in life than belonging to the Lord Jesus Christ and being his possession, being owned by him. And that he would dwell in us by his Holy Spirit. Beloved, put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Love him. See what he's done for you to pay for your sins. And he died for us so that these same words of comfort might come to us. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Cry to her that her warfare is ended. That her iniquity is pardoned. She has received double from the Lord's hands for all her sins. There's an end in sight to the troubles we face in this life. You don't need to lose hope. It may seem to go on and on, but God sent His Son to redeem us from this curse-filled world, this broken life. And finally, at one point, all the struggle and the suffering will be over. And then, beloved, then we will always be comforted by God in His very presence. Amen.